0: The Science Basement.
1: Hello! Welcome to the Science Basement podcast! For a new episode, let's go straight to our guest. This time we're going to talk about the brain. And our guest is Giuliano Di Dio, who is a PhD student at the University of Helsinki in the Biomedical Building slash section. And he works on the reactivation of the juvenile critical period in adult brain. Welcome, Giuliano. <laughs> Thank Welcome. you. So, want to talk about your research?
2: <clears throat> sure. Uh, I think, well, I mean, before starting, I think the, the main uh, I need to introduce a, a, a main concept here, which kind of helps to understand what we do, uh, which is um, synaptic plasticity. Have you ever so,
1: heard? Of? No, sounds like a very complicated name. It's
2: not. Well, I mean, yeah, because in biology we like to pump up new words, mm-hmm. but it's no, it's it's fine. So basically, you you ever heard of this thing that children learn faster than adults because yeah. their brain is more plastic? And they're... it's
0: true. Uh-huh. That's
2: actually true. One it, thing. But, wait, yeah. I'm
0: sorry. Um, by plastic, obviously, you you're not referring to material, but rather the ability or flexibility of it too.
2: Well, I mean, depending on what you mean, material, like the chain, the brain does change its connections and things like that. So it physically changes. Okay. It really does. And uh, it is true that during ch- during early childhood, the brain is more plastic than adult. So at the beginning, you know, your brain is very plastic and learns very fast. And then this, you know, decreases with age. We still can learn as adults, of course, we do, but, it's, you know, it's slower. And uh, and this is, you know, normal because as a mammal, imagine, you know, you're just born in the savannah and... You know, in the jungle and you need to learn everything very fast because you don't have much time so it, you know, the brain immediately learns and then once you learn these things just the brain stabilizes and and uh, the plastic goes the plasticity goes a little bit down now problem is imagine this right you are a young brain that's highly plastic and you are ready to learn everything but then something in the environment happens and creates let's say a wiring that is maladaptive i don't know like a traumatic event when you're young or a stressful event when you're young or any other thing that creates a specific connection in your brain due to its you know high plasticity that in the future will have negative consequences but this will be visible only when you're adult with i don't know something pathologies like chronic Uh, Anxiety, major depressions, post-traumatic stress disorder and things Mm -hmm. like that. So basically what happened is that your plasticity, when you were young, made your brain wire in a way that gave you a problem when you're an adult. But the thing is, once you're an adult, as I said, the critical period is closed, the plasticity is gone. You cannot rewire the brain back. Mm -hmm. So what do you do then?
1: You
2: go to therapy. That very good point. Very good point. That's a very good point. But some therapy sometimes works, but many other times doesn't. And uh the problem is, oh well, the question is: what if we could reactivate that plasticity that was typical of that is typical when you're young during adulthood? What if you can make the brain as plastic as it was when you were younger, when you're an adult, and you can try to rewire the brain in order to lose those um, conditions that we call pathologies. And you made a really good point. Psychotherapy, but, yeah.
1: But 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 don't I mean is is this the reason why a therapist, when when you have some problem, a therapist tries to ask you questions about your childhood? Uh, uh, to see if, what what could be the cause of that
2: problem, I would say that it's highly related and connected. I'm not a psychologist myself, so I don't know what mm-hmm. are the actual strategies. But it it, it happens often that a, tro- a something a root or cause of a problem starts when you're young because it you know it's common knowledge or even in movies you see that oh you know that villain is bad because it was beaten up when I was a child so it's pretty common and I guess this is connected because there is this importance of the events that happen when we are very young that we all recognize that you know reflects so heavily on the behavior of of adults and this is because what happens to the brain when you're young is meant usually to stay because the brain is you know it's Again, it's highly plastic, so it learns very, very fast. And uh, the effect then, are, you know, long term. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, I, th- I, I don't know. I'm not a psychologist, but I think it's, it's, there is definitely a connection, yeah. I um, guess.
0: So, I have one question. Why what's the reason? That the brain would stop being would lose its
2: plasticity. Oh, oh that's a very good point. Uh, we're still studying that. Okay. We don't know what happens in the switch between a young brain, let's say, and another brain. Um, Do
1: we know when it happens? Well,
2: it's um, it, 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 there. There are different phases of age depending on what specific part of the brain and what specific abilities. Let's say uh, I can't remember exactly, but for example, the hippocampal plasticity. The hippocampus is a part of the brain. <laughs> Specifically related to uh, generating new memories and things like that. Uh, for example, the hippocampal plasticity has a specific lifespan. The cortical plasticity, which is the plasticity of the brain cortex, which is the outside layer, has a different uh, life um, spectrum and it has a different span. Um, I would say that, but anyway, by adolescence,
1: mm-hmm.
2: in human in, in adults, let's say the most of the yeah. I would say that most of the critical period is closed. But I'm not sure. I need to check this out. So basically, actual...
1: when, more or less, when you should be starting keeping your shit together. Uh, yeah,
2: <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly.
1: And it's actually interesting because if you say high, like
0: adolescence, that's high school. And I'm just thinking about... Well,
2: I'm, I'm not talking about a specific age. I'm talking like broadly. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But yeah, I guess adolescence goes less. into... Uh, yeah. Uh, high school goes into adolescence. Yeah.
0: I'm just thinking about the educational system that we have and how it, um, how we can either enhance or so can you enhance the? I'm assuming you can enhance the plasticity.
2: We are. That's. We actually can. I mean, this is what we're working on, and already some results that you know there have been plenty of results by now that at least in animal model, we scientists have been doing that for quite some time now. Yeah, I see you confused. No, no, no,
0: it was a question, but now I'm like.
2: Okay, you were saying high school, and uh, yeah, I interrupted you because I wanted to make yeah, it clear no. that I'm not really sure, but maybe I'm being very generous, because surely some skills end way before that, but I would say that in general, by adolescence, most of it, it's
0: gone. It's closed. Okay. It was kind of related again mm. to the why it it ends is. Is it some sort of like energetically expensive? Okay, I'm just thinking like, what, what, what mm. could be the reason?
2: Evolutionary speaking, you mean? What would be the, the reason? Because molecularly, we have no idea. Why we developed like that, I guess we still don't know. Uh, I can have, I have some opinions, you know, as a, as a very ignorant PhD student, if I had to make an educated guess, I would say that is to preserve what has been learned when you were young imagine you know you do not we cannot think of the humans as we are now and just forget our evolution mm-hmm. imagine you know a mammal any animal a prey mostly it's just you know it's just thrown on earth and uh you know it needs to learn as fast as it can everything possible in order to run away from predators so run and you know look for that and look for that don't eat that eat this run from that thing do not run from that thing etc now i can this is just my guess i want to make this clear Uh, there's no evidence for this but since you asked this is my opinion i would say that at one point you need once you learned you need to because this is the thing sorry plasticity can be positive or negative plasticity doesn't necessarily think that you just clever and learn plasticity also means forgetting removing connections you know pruning synapses creating new synapses plasticity can be positive or negative so my educated guess would be that if you had a prolonged critical period like just endless you you would need to keep learning things all the time not all the time well yeah and keep you know let's say you, you wouldn't have uh Well-established behavior, maybe behaviors, maybe Mm. like imagine this young mammal. It learns everything to to survive, and then it closes the critical period. Oh, I should know that. It it closes the critical period, so the brain then consolidates those memory, those memories and those behaviors, those those things that it learns, and they're there forever because the, the, the animal will not have its parents for a long time mm-hmm. to keep teaching the same things. So once it learns them, it has to remember them and that's it. Mm-hmm. And actually, as a mammal in the jungle, it's not like you really have many necessity to learn things. It's not like we're, you know, we keep studying as humans and we we want to learn languages mm-hmm. and we want to learn this and this and that. As a mammal, you just need to learn how to run away from a predator and that's it, mostly, so. okay. But this is, again, my, my guess, very ignorant, probably bullshit.
0: <laughs> is this is this related to the thing that if you want to learn something, you have to practice it X amount of weeks to kind of, is that is that related to the sort of bridging the synapses or making the synapses? Well, I
2: mean, practicing is, you know, the, the, the secret for learning. And, and that makes sense because we have, our brain works with a rule that is called, it's definitely, is, is, is defined as use it or lose it. So if you want to learn a new skill, you need to first, you know, learn how to do it. And then once you know how to do it, so I guess in your brain you created a, a narrow path for that you need to use it a lot. otherwise if you don't use it you lose it because of this because we still have plasticity as an adult so we still have it and this negative plasticity will induce the unused connection to be lost because they're useless. So in order to keep something you need to practice it so to use that neural path and to consolidate more and more and more and more. But if you're a kid, for example, if you're a very young child, this for you is very easy because the consolidation happens very easy because the plasticity is high. When we're adults, we need to appreciate a a bit more.
1: So like the principle for which if you don't um, practice a language for a long time, you completely forget it.
2: Well, yeah, I guess so. I would say that every skill that you don't practice, you lose it and, you know, clearly something happens. You clearly lose, I guess, something in, in your brain and a connection or something, yes. That would make sense according to the principle of, you know, use it or lose it.
0: <laughs> but now you're working on how to reactivate this yes. uh, ability as adults. So plasticity, why- not plasticity. the ability. You know, <laughs> one thing. thing. Plasticity. Yeah. So how, how how are you doing that?
2: So. Um, the first approach was actually done by the lab I'm working in and i was not here yet. Uh, basically, they discovered that a commonly used antidepressant drug uh, commercially known as Prozac
1: mm-hmm. which
2: we, we since we're close friends, we call it fluoxetine because we, you
1: know, <laughs> we're
2: close friends. So we know its actual name. Uh, they discovered that fluoxetine happens to reactivate the critical period in rats, in rodent animals, and basically from that point, that was the first, you know, the the the, the start, the starting kick, I guess. Uh, everybody now uses either fluoxetine or other drugs, uh, or other actually other things that are not drugs. It has been shown also that en- enriched environment in animal models increases plasticity, and with enriched environment, I mean. Just a bigger cage with toys and things that keep moving, so to keep the environment, sti- uh, you know, very stimulant for the animal. Apparently, that also increases the activates, activates this juvenile plasticity. So basically, by drug, fluoxetine, uh other drugs have been shown to have similar effects. Uh, and enriched environment. However, I I do not use the enriched environment myself. you know lab, like we don't do that, but it has been shown in several papers. And most importantly, and most interestingly, in my opinion, because this is actually what I personally do with with light, with lead light, optic fibers and things like that. There is a technique, a very cool technique called optogenetics, uh, through which you basically make the brain of your model sensitive to light, and then you implant optic fibers in its brain, which is connected to a lead generator lead LED light generator, when you switch it on, you activate those neurons, you know, regarding of what you did, what neurons were there and what receptor you used, you basically activate or inhibit those neurons just with a switch. And that is super cool, isn't it? I know, I know. Yeah, uh, sounds like
1: cool. sci-fi. You literally turn on the light bulb. So basically you would uh, reactivate this plasticity and then the final goal would be to just remove the traumatic experience.
2: Very good point, yes, and we already kind of did that, we didn't publish it yet, but it's an experiment that we did two years ago, in which we have a model of post-traumatic stress disorder in mice, and we managed to uh, remove the traumatic reflex, let's say, uh, with lead light. I say reflex because, of course, it's a mouse so it's an animal, so you cannot, you know, ask him, are you you still traumatized? You can (laughs) see how it reacts uh, when you deliver the cue that would induce him the trauma and we saw that after uh, providing the, the lead light the mouse would not react to the cue stimulant uh, as it used to before the treatment and this lasts, uh, You know, this most importantly, this has a long-lasting effect because both in human and animal you can already treat post traumatic stress disorder with a therapy that is called extinction therapy both in human and animal the problem is that it it works only for a small um, period of time so basically what happens is you have the patient uh, that I don't know reacts to noises that usually should not be scared, uh, like scary like a car or people clapping thing like that and it starts you know he starts being anxious and things like that so at one point you expose him several times to the same sounds and he kind of gets habituated and he stops reacting to that he stops being anxious. However, if you then stop doing that and ask him to do it again like 3 months if, again 3 months later he would he would be basically back to the starting point. Yeah. So this does not last. But our treatment uh, with the lead light, and actually, this was done also with the drug from this, from my own, from my same laboratory years before. It has been shown that this instead has a long lasting effect. Oh, wow. So, yeah.
0: Wow, light. I still don't understand how, what did, what did you do with the light?
2: So, <laughs> yeah, no, that's a very good question. So, the principle of the genetic is you, you use um, a protein that already exist in nature, in algae, I think. Um, so you use a protein that it's sensitive to light, right? So through genetic technologies, genetic recombination, you insert this, the, the gene of this protein that is sensitive to light inside the neurons through genetic technologies. We use specifically viruses. Viruses are, are tools that nature gave us to deliver, well, this was a very <laughs> soft way to say it, but viruses are basically very good machines or tools to deliver genes inside the cell. So the cells start expressing this protein that is light sensitive. So that when, when you provide light to these neurons, only these neurons, only the ones that have been infected and is, are expressing this protein, will react to the light. Now, you can have different things. You can have uh, proteins that actually activate the neuron because the neurons, as cells, they do a thing that we call to fire, which is literally to, well, literally, is basically to unload an electric signal. So when we say that a neuron fires, imagine a piece of wire that actually boosts an electric shock. Uh, and that's you can do that if you deliver a specific type of protein uh, which is called channelrhodopsin. In this case, when you pr- uh, provide light, the neuron will fire. This is not what we do because we we're we working with plasticity and not with neural activity. Our protein specifically reacts to light by activating the plasticity molecular pathway. So we gave to the neurons through a virus, we gave this piece of DNA, that when, ex- when basically read by the cell, it makes the cell produce this protein that when activated by light activates a downstream pathway that leads to increased plasticity in the neurons. So that's how.
0: And Okay. And then you can train the brain to do something else.
2: You basically have, you can basically switch on plasticity yeah, with a uh-huh. switch. Okay. And then <laughs> through behavioral um Treatments. Treatments. You guide that plasticity where you want. Because, okay. I th- actually, I think I should mention this point. As I said, plasticity is positive and negative, but itself doesn't go anywhere. Plasticity means that the brain is permissive. Mm-hmm. It's plastic. Then, something from outside needs to guide the connection towards a specific way.
1: Okay. And what, what would be the technique to make someone forget about a traumatic experience?
2: For example, the combination of light light and the extinction therapy. That's what we yeah. actually ah, did. Okay. I forgot to mention this. What actually worked was the combination of lead light activation and extinction training. The extinction training by itself lasted a short period of oh, time. Okay. A combination of lead light and extinction training lasted long period of time.
1: But then you're not acting on the original thing that caused the trauma or like current problem? You mean the symptom? Yeah, yeah. So that's a very good point.
2: That's a very good point. Uh, we are acting on whatever is creating the, the symptom, in the, in, at least in the, in, the, in the animal model. The problem was, at least, the, the, what we, the, the effect that we was, were observing is that after a specific sound, a white sound that we provided to the animal, the animal is startled. So it's when it immobilizes and it, it means it's scared. And usually it doesn't do that. Minds that have not been imprinted or conditioned to do that do not do that. Our mice, because they have been conditioned in order to have specifically that um, reflex, in order to model post-traumatic stress disorder, when they hear that specific sound, they startle. What we we did was to remove the connection between the sound and and the startling behavior through a combination of lead light activation and extinction training. So, yes, definitely, I'm pretty sure that the memory of the trauma The trauma is still there, Mm -hmm. but you don't. I don't think you don't react anymore. Exactly, I don't think when you have a post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, when you you have a patient with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, I don't think you want him to completely forget what was his memory. But what you do is at least to try to cure the disease the problem is when that memory creates you a problem right. because it makes you anxious in situations when you're, you don't need to be anxious
0: yeah. mm-hmm. and that's actually part of the therapy about talking about psychology when you i think one of the things that they tell you is you can react in different you can have different reactions to the same event so it's not the event that's causing you for example if somebody steals your car you can be sad you can be angry you can be whatever so it's it's how you react to it but the event itself uh-huh. need not have a specific reaction
1: uh-huh.
0: so I guess it's like it's this of just removing the the negative symptom
2: well it's removing what create what is creating a problem
0: mm. and now I'm thinking also like uh, when you think about enhancement like drug enhancement in athletes or you know that you get this uh, drug tests before mm. and now I'm thinking when you have this ability of the brain to increase its mm. plasticity how it yeah. can be used
2: yeah, uh, well, of course, as you can imagine, many people for have the evil. thought of it. For the evil. Yeah, for the evil. <laughs> to create supervillains, <laughs> yes. of course. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, that is in plan, of course, but we're not saying anybody, anything to anybody because... No, I'm joking. <laughs> of course. That's what
0: for poster, the, right? The plan,
2: for, the plan to create supervillains, it's secret. No. Otherwise, no. how can you prove that? No, of course, many people, I mean, I guess scientists who are working on this... Are thinking of the implication on because every you know, if you read a paper, they will always say, Oh, this is good because you can cure this and cure that. But nobody ever makes a paper, Oh, you know, you can be smarter, which is, I'm not saying is, you know, this is what will happen because what, what does it even mean to be smarter? Because you know, we have different definitions of smartness, there are you know, emotional intelligence and whatever, so it's you know, this, yeah, but um. At the moment anyway, we're, we're, we don't do it on humans anyway. So at the moment, there's no problem about that. For the future, I don't know. Of course, if you read any paper, all the applica- implications that the scientists see or hope are for the treatment of um, psychiatric diseases, mm-hmm. whether it will be possible to have some benefits also as healthy people from these treatments it's yet to see, to be yeah. seen.
0: I think also another issue is uh, a lot of students wanting to take this oh, yeah. to become like, to be able to learn yeah. more. So
2: I, I haven't, I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Augmented humans.
1: <laughs> and on this note, uh, hoping that what you, what you do will not be used for evil. Because huh. science should always okay. be done for the, for the good.
2: Of course. Yes. <laughs> I have absolutely nothing to hide.
1: <laughs> so on this note, we will jump to uh, a quick 2 round of category, and yes. Stephanie introduce the game.
0: So we have the five categories, um, which will I will read them out. First one is organs in the body, mm-hmm. second is PhD emotions, living the PhD life, <laughs> third is neuropathology. So we've already talked about some anxiety and post-traumatic stress. Um, fourth is lab equipment, because clearly we have different lab equipments. And the fifth is all things theater because Giuliano is into theater. So we can select a
1: random letter and... And Giuliano, you will select the random letter and after that... How do you select the random Ah. No, you you click. Ah, And And then then we we will have uh, two minutes to fill the categories together. D. D. Okay. 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 Three, two, one, start. Organs.
2: Uh, D, come on, d. Uh, uh, d- 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 I was gonna say the liver. Exactly, the mouth. The liver.
1: The. Oh my god, PhD emotions. emotions. Uh,
2: depression.
1: depression. <laughs> no, and that's for the <laughs> neuropathology. Depression, dub <Depression> square. <laughs> oh my
2: god. Uh, lab equipment. Um, the. D- d- d-
0: Dissecting something.
2: Oh. Dissecting w uh,
0: telescope. Dissecting <laughs> <laughs> is um, cutting.
1: Dissecting
2: I know I'm, sure, I'm sure that
1: Dissecting is <laughs>
2: all things theatre. Uh, oh shit.
1: I Not no even idea. all things theatre. Like, we
2: only have one word, depression. depression. That is sad.
1: <laughs> it's very sad. Okay.
2: Uh we um, okay we have three. Let's divide each other. Okay, somebody needs to just think of organs.
1: Okay. I, I can think of lab equipment. Okay, we think about the organs. You think... you did some theater, Stephanie. Think about the theater.
0: Something Greek has to be with D. Dial. D...
1: Dem, uh, b- uh, s- the must <laughs> <laughs> Come on, lab equipment with D! Organs with D, guys. That's co- that's problematic. <Harrison> Ears, eyes, hair. Hair is not an organ. Oh... Uh, oh my god, seriously?
2: Dissociator. <laughs> uh... We use oh. it to break the tissues. I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. Great.
1: Org- no, two more. Okay,
2: two more organs. Um, dorsal hippocampus. Does Yay, it count? Dorsal well,
1: organ. I mean, it's just a
2: part of an organ. Well, it's part of
0: It's the- fine. Okay, it's, it's
2: actually tissue, tissue but
1: it's I guess fine. does it it's
2: count as an organ? Dorsal hippocampus. Yeah, and then all things theater. The 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 be- script. No, <laughs>
1: sorry. <laughs> There must there be some name of like uh, Greek theater. Downstage. No. Center stage. Let's, <laughs> Let's think about famous theatre script oh, writers. Yeah. There has to be um, one with D and his Greek Shakespeare. Huh. <gasps> yeah.
2: Shakespeare. D S Shakespeare D
1: S Shakespeare. <laughs> D. S. Shakespeare. Um
0: okay uh, so we, we, depression think...
2: oh well yeah. that can't <laughs> <laughs> do
0: depression can you just quickly tell us a little bit about the dissociator
2: I'm not sure I hope I didn't just make up the name but it's just, <laughs> it's supposed to be this thing I mean it, I I mean I usually well I call it a vibrator because it looks kind of because it kind of I don't know it vibrates and it anyway okay. uh so when we have a when we need to t- sample parts of the brains of a model of an animal model we have to destroy the tissue, and there is this thing. It's basically a, and then it's just an electric thing with a hole, and you stick a piece of plastic in it, and, and you and you press, and it starts vibrating, uh-huh. and basically you put it in a tube with the tissue, and you just destroy uh, okay. it just destroys okay. it. Okay.
1: Yeah. So you could call it the destroyer. It's still with me. Diaphragm. Oh, Diaphragm. Diaphragm.
0: <laughs> okay. Anyway,
1: <laughs> please the second round. Okay. Three,
2: two, one.
1: It was
0: still
2: fun. H. H. Oh, oh, shit. oh no. Okay.
1: Organs. Heart. Heart. Wait, wait. Oh, sorry. I, three, two, one. Now. Well Heart. done.
2: Heart. Okay. Heart. Um, Heart. PhD Depressions. Uh, very little happiness,
1: I guess. Happiness. No, no. Come on. Happiness. Average. Is fine. You are happy when when you get the paper accepted. I will Truth. tell you
2: when it, that will happen.
1: Well.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. Neuropathology is with the H. Um, Hysteria?
1: Hysteria. Yes. 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 Oh, I guess.
2: Wow. Wow. She's clever. Yeah. This. A uh, lab equipment. Oh, fuck. With with
1: H. H. Who would have known that H was such um, a great letter? All things...
2: Theater. Heater. Heater.
1: Heater. Oh.
2: You can imagine. Yeah. that It just heats things <laughs> up. And... Um, All things theater.
1: Heckspear.
0: Uh, Heckspear. <laughs> <laughs> um, ho, ho, ho? Horatio. Okay,
2: that's a name Hamlet. of
0: not ad- yeah. Hamlet, 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 Hamlet. Hamlet. Horatius and Hamlet. Wait, Hamlet still somewhere I him. thought you meant
2: the Latin author. I thought okay, I yeah. guess he made some okay, but Hamlet, it's I think he does a better. Yeah. Also,
0: well done. Yeah, yeah. you're very good at this. No, we have one minute left, so we'll just stop this hysteria. What is actually hysteria? It's like when you go, is it like panic kind of or create? Na-
2: I I cannot think of the actual definition of hysteria. Okay. Um. Yeah, I've never read anything about it.
0: Um, I had one question though. Um, mm. this plasticity—is it, is it just—is it like a, co- okay, I don't know if this makes sense, but um, cognitive, as in the, how we learn, but is it also sort of muscle? I mean, how, like mm. a, like a yeah. dancer, can you—that's a bit more motor related. uh
2: okay. So of course, in the in kind of you know dancing and things like that, you're you you you're not only required a neural activity to be set for that also you need to train the body so that's just another variable but i would say that it would work the same if you increase the plasticity in uh, if you train your your muscles enough and then you increase the plasticity of the neuronal or the neural path that guide those movements the fine movements of dancing and whatever i would expect i don't know i have, have to be honest i didn't read paper about increased plasticity in physical activity, mm-hmm. because I guess scientists do not do that, but, um, <laughs> just but I would not see why not. Okay. Oh, that's cool. It's just that you need to add also the muscle training sure. because you have something extra to Neurons do not move articulations, yeah. they tell the muscle to do so,
0: yeah. so
2: you need the muscle.
0: But it's, it's a nice idea to think that it will be like opening up our brain a bit to Hopefully. possibilities. Yeah,
2: that's, uh, <laughs> that's a very poetic question. Can I write it at the end of my thesis?
1: Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I did get this thesis to Stephanie no, positive no. ways of thinking stuff. Oh. Oh.
2: That's nice.
1: But Juliano, thank you so much for explaining us this uh, your research. It it's sounds so, it's really, so exciting. really exciting and cool. And actually we have to say we have to confess that Stephanie and I were very sleepy before starting to record, but now I see that both of us are very yeah, weak. Yeah, like, it's really you're interesting. really, you're really thank you you're for really got me. us excited. Yeah. Um, so thank you very much. But now before saying goodbye, uh, we have to go to the science anecdote, which is how we normally conclude our episode. And this time, uh, the anecdote that I selected, I try to make it uh, kind of related to your research, but okay. in, on a different size. So mm-hmm. you obviously know that we all have reflexes, mm-hmm. some of them. Yep. So for example, there is the very famous one of when you tap on just that under your knee with a, with a reflex hammer and, and your, and your you kick. leg kicks, <laughs> you kick, yes, yeah. and you kick. Or if something goes close to your cornea, then you blink mm-hmm. and this kind of stuff. So those are the reflexes, but did you know, Stephanie, that There are some reflexes which are called primitive reflexes that are only in babies. Oh. And then they're supposed to vanish when you are around a few months old. I did not
2: know that. You did not? I did not know that. Oh, wow. That is super cool.
1: Yes. So uh, there are so many um, of them, but uh, I I will probably tell you about a couple of them because we can't make the entire list, but... Everybody go and educate yourself on the on the primary reflexes, and also uh, They are um, a good point of study for people uh, because these reflexes that you have when you are a very a baby Might come back when you're in all in an older age As a result of some problems. So if you for, for example have dementia, you can show again these baby reflexes
2: That is super <laughs> fascinating oh. but see that kind of gives a hint Mm-mm. that you don't lose it. Something when you a healthy adulthood happens that just blocks it. Mm-mm. But then...
1: If you have problems again, yeah.
2: Because you don't lose it. Otherwise, yeah. you will not have it again.
1: Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. yeah. So, let's go to a couple of them. By the way, dementia. Oh.
2: Oh, dementia.
1: <gasps> That's true. Yeah. Ah, you see, that D was such a great letter. Yeah, right? I knew what... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Or, or maybe it's just because Stephanie started to go on fire after we got the second letter and now she's coming up with all this new <laughs> no, it's the picture. We, so triggered her. so, we triggered her. We triggered her. So one reflex, for example, is called the rooting reflex. reflex and it's associated to the activity of breastfeeding. So if you stroke the cheek of a baby, the baby will turn looking for a nipple. Oh. Okay, oh. okay well, that makes sense. And, and that, makes, uh, that disappears after a few months of age because the kid's action of looking for being fed will be vol- voluntary, voluntary instead of being induced by a reflex. Oh, okay. And then this one which was like super curious to me, uh, which is called the Babkin reflex, from the Russian physiology that found it, it consists of a series of reflex uh, reactions that a baby can have when you put pressure on both palms. And the, the, the babies may turn their head, rotate the head, or... Make a flip. Op- oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> Start <laughs> or, jumping.
1: <laughs> or open their mouth. like So you, you push both palms and they open their mouth.
2: Every day a different thing, so every day, let's see what no, they do today.
1: Or a combination of these things. Okay. So may, I don't know if it depends on the specific day, if you, <laughs> or if it depends on the baby, but yeah, that's also a reflection. So cool. <coughs> and then another one, for example. Oh, is it
2: because, because when, I remember my sister used to have this doll that had buttons or, on, the, on the hands oh. to make her cry or things like that, is it because it was resembling this? Because sometimes in, in you know in toys they put buttons on in, on the hands. Yeah,
1: that's true. But yeah, maybe you know, maybe, is, maybe yes. not.
2: I think I'm overthinking this. No,
1: but uh, maybe I mean I'm pretty sure that like when you have to make uh, toys for very very young kids, I mean you can't just make them. You have to have like a very good training in kids psychology and stuff. I mean otherwise yeah, yeah. why would you make? Fair I point. Mean, she has a point. It's a bit like when you have to teach. Like teaching to adults requires many less qualifications than teaching to kids.
0: are uh, true.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think you're
0: putting too much uh, hope on the toy... On the, in the toy market. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> because and are, on the teachers. <laughs> no, we're full of hope in this podcast yes. for nice things. Or for example, and this will be the last one, there is the palmar grasp reflex that is when you get something put uh, in, in your hands when you're a baby, then you, as a reflex, you just grasp it. Okay. But there is a very long list of these reflexes, and they are useful, for, as I said, also for for studying uh, adults or elderly people with problems. And that was it.
0: Thanks so much. By the way, hope. Uh, PhD emotions. PhD emotions. Hope. hope. Yeah. I think back. that's
2: more appropriate yeah. than happiness. Yes. The hope. <laughs>
1: yeah, You're did. very good at this. <laughs> it's the first time. <laughs> Maybe she didn't listen to my anecdote at all and she will She, was, she You will keep, keep... Another keep one, another <laughs> one. Yeah. Another I have to find... <laughs> oh, that that was such a great episode. And now, yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Giuliano. And if you have any links that you would like to share with us, uh, you can send it, send them to us uh, and we will put them in the description box. Yes.
2: Thank you very much. Thank you.
1: Thanks a lot. And with that, see you next time. Bye. Bye. The Science Baseball